Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Gabe. Uh, is this on yet? Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Um, my name is uh, Jacob O'Kane. I'm the student ministry director here at Allen Bible Church. Uh, and I'm very excited to be here again. Uh, if y'all were here back in May for Youth Sunday, um, I spoke then, and you know that I'll keep it pretty short um, for today. And uh, it was just a couple weeks ago, I was at the 56th camp with the 5th and 6th grader guys. I was talking with one of the boys at the camp, and he goes, hey, uh, Jacob, when, when, when are you preaching again? And I said, oh, July 31st. I was like, oh, man, you thought it was pretty good, didn't you? He goes, no, 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 no. It was just like 15 minutes long. We're ready to get out of there. Yeah, so, so yeah, hey, um, I'm excited to be here uh, again um, and just be with y'all. Um, so if you have your Bibles, um, like the, the passage that Gabe read is Psalm chapter 1. So we'll be in Psalm uh, chapter 1. And so um, before we get started, um, I'm just going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll get started. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we just thank you um, that in you we just have true satisfaction. And in you we find inner peace, even through the craziest times and most chaotic times in our lives, God. And I just pray that today's word would just touch our hearts, Lord, that you just give us all wisdom. And praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, since, you know, I started working uh, here at Allen Bible Church, I picked up a hobby with a couple of the guys in the student ministry. Uh, me and a few guys, every time we meet up, well, not every time we meet up, but every, every now and then when we meet up, we'll go to the store called Half Price Books. And, you know, hanging out with these guys, um, I've learned that Half Price Books has like a ton of old movies and books and CDs and tapes and, you know, anything that you can think of that's like super old and kind of uh, vintage. And so, uh, you know, and so uh, through, through that, that experience with these guys and going to Half Price Books with them, uh, I started collecting uh, CDs and tapes. Uh, I have a 21-year-old pickup truck, it's a Toyota Tundra, and in the truck it's got a CD player and it's got a tape player. And so I just thought, you know, I might as well just take uh, full use of that. And so I started buying CDs and tapes. And so one of my favorite uh, CDs, or no, it's not even a CD, it's a tape, sorry. Um, but it's this tape right here. It's the Clint Black album, 1989, uh, Killing Time. It's his debut album. Uh, so I knew who Clint Black was before I bought it. I've been listening to Clint Black for a long time, but when I saw that, I got super excited. And so, um, But just to give you like a little backstory, this, this album right here, it's his debut album, 1989 is when it was released. And the first, it, he released five singles to the country radio. The first four singles all went to number one, and then the fifth single went to number three on all the, the country charts. And so it was a very successful uh, debut album for Clint Black. And it's one of my favorite uh, albums, like, ever. It's such a, such a great time for me to, to listen to that in my truck. 
And so um, the reason why I bring up this, this album is not just to talk about cool facts about it or just why I like it so much, but it's, but it's the contrast of the theme in the album. You see, the first song in the album is called Straight From The Factory. And what Straight From The Factory is, is just a happy love song. It's a happy love song about, hey, straight from the factory, you and I were made for each other. You know, this is just going to be a great time, you and me together all the way uh, forever. So it starts off like a super happy um, song, and you think the whole album is just going to be happy. But then pretty much second or third song, it takes a huge turn. He starts to sing about regret. He starts to sing about addiction even, and he starts to uh, sing about uh, just times where he is just really stuck where he is, and he just wishes he could go back to happier times. And actually, my favorite song on the album is called Nothing's News, and it speaks to that longing to go going back to happier days. So as of right now in the song, all he does is just talk about the good old days. He has nothing new to talk about. He's just stuck where he's at, and it's just so sad to listen to that song. It's just like a classic country song. That's the kind of songs that I really like. You know, whether or not you like country music, you know, this, this album actually speaks um, to a lot of us. You know, just sometimes we do feel like we wish we'd go back and do things differently. We wish we could go back to the happier days, you know. And so everyone wants to be happy. And I found, according to multiple um, polls that have been taken in America, that less than 40% of Americans are actually satisfied with the life that they have. And so I just ask, you know, why, why is that number so low? And even thinking about your own life or me even thinking about my own life, you know, are you happy with the life that you have right now? You know, I'm not asking whether or not you have the dream life, but do you have that inner satisfaction, that stability uh, that you need in life when chaotic times um, come your way? And so what we're going to find today in Psalm chapter 1 is that there are two contrasting themes in this passage. We're going, to, we're going to read about a guy who's the righteous man, and we're also going to read about a guy who is the wicked man. And so the righteous man, what it means to be righteous, it means, like, eternally speaking, to be righteous is to be made right before God. And so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are made right before God. We are forgiven of all our sins, we are innocent before him, and we are in right standing before him. But what this passage is going to be talking about as a righteous person, is somebody that is in right standing before God, eternally speaking, but he also lives morally right. He lives in a way that is according to Scripture. He's living according to the Word. He's abiding in Jesus. And then also we're going to read about the wicked man. The wicked man is pretty much the exact opposite. He lives in sin. He doesn't know Christ. And he surrounds himself with people who are also wicked. And so let's just pick up um, right in verse 1 in, uh, in Psalm 1. And it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And so what we see right here in verse 1 is that it is speaking of the righteous man. What verse 1 is going to show us is what the righteous man does not do. If you can see, like, the way that is written, it says, He does not stand in the path, or he does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of scoffers. But that second word in verse 1, it says, How blessed 
is the man. That word blessed means to be supremely happy or to be supremely satisfied. And so how supremely happy, how supremely satisfied is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And if you can tell in verse 1, there's a, there's a progression of spiritual sin or a spiritual erosion. Um, it, it starts off, you know, let's just take a look. It says, uh, you know, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And one thing we, we got to know is that we're always surrounded by people that are wicked. You know, there's wickedness all around us. You know, there's unbelievers who do just, you know, terrible things, or even believers who do do uh, terrible things. But let's just say, you know, one day uh, you're just going about your day, and you, you take in bad advice, or you take in um, something that is wicked. You know, it says the counsel of the wicked. So you're taking in um, bad advice, or like I just said, like you're taking in something that is very tempting. It's like the first, uh, the first step of the spiritual erosion. And so uh, it seems harmless, but it's the first step. And so then after you take that, that temptation, then you begin to surround yourself with those people who are in sin. And so now you're standing in alliance with them. And that's what it means uh, to stand in the path of sinners. And then the final step of the spiritual erosion is then you take a seat with the scoffers. A scoffer is someone who continually makes fun of someone or something, and that includes like religion or moral values and, and everything like that. So sitting with them means that you are permanently with that group of people. You know, I think of just like a kid, you know, at school, middle school or high school, you know, he kind of starts to, you know, he sees the wrong crowd, he's, he's tempted by it, and then he starts to kind of hang around with them even more, then they invite him into like the lunch table. And so like every day he, he knows that that is now his people. The, the wicked people, you know, he, he has made his home there, and he is permanently uh, with those people. It's an ungodly progression that continues to get worse and worse. But the righteous man, the righteous man knows to stay away from the counsel of the wicked, and he knows where to find good counsel. Psalm 119.24, it says, Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselor." And so the righteous man, he finds good counsel in God's word. And the righteous man knows that he doesn't uh, belong in the path of sinners. Psalm 16:11 it says, You will make known to me the path of light, or path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. The righteous will walk a different path from others. They will walk the path of blessing. And then finally, the righteous man knows that he's not to take the seat with scoffers. Psalm 26, 4, it says, I do not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders. You know, people sit and they criticize all the time, but the righteous know not to take the seat with those people. And so that's what it looks like, uh, what the righteous man does not do. It's now, now what we're going to find in verse 2 is what the righteous man does pursue. And so verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates on it day and night. And so when the author says that he delights in the law of the Lord, he is not talking about just delighting in the Ten Commandments or even the first five books of the Bible, but he's talking about he delights in the entire Bible. And so what does it mean to delight in something? 
to delight in something means to really enjoy, to find a lot of pleasure in it. It's like you don't even have to ask, you know, you don't have to be asked to do it, basically. That's what he means to, 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 to delight in something. And so the second half of verse 2, it says, The blessed man also meditates on the word throughout the day and even throughout the night. And I heard about the story uh, of a man in World War II. So this is after Japan had just bombed the U.S. on Pearl Harbor. There's a guy named Jacob DeShazer who was a uh, U.S. pilot uh, in World War II for the U.S. And so filled with bitterness and hate for the, for the nation of Japan, he's on a mission as a pilot to go bomb uh, the, the nation of Japan. And so on, as he's on his mission, he runs out of fuel. And so he has to parachute out of the plane, and he parachutes somewhere down in Japan, and then he's captured by the Japanese, and then he's taken into prison, and then there he's being tortured, and he's not really given a whole lot of food um, there. And so he kind of ponders why, while he's in prison, you know, why is there so much bitterness and hate in my heart, but then also why is there so much bitterness and hate between the two nations? And so he thinks back of these believers that he knew back home, uh, uh, that they that they read their Bible and then that they lived you know a righteous life as well and so he asked the 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 guards uh, the Japanese guards he's like hey can I just get a Bible uh, and I'll just you know read that in you know in my time in the cell and so they said yeah we'll give you the Bible but you can only have it for three weeks and so for that three weeks he read through pretty much as much as he can uh, probably the whole entire Bible I'm not sure but he he read it through as much as he could. And when he got to Romans uh, 10.9, as uh, Brian read earlier, that's where, where it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart um, that he rose from the dead, that's where he gave his life to Christ. But then, like I mentioned, he only had three weeks with the Bible. So the three weeks is up. They took the Bible away from him, and he continued to endure a lot of suffering, a lot of beatings, a lot of torturing. And he said it was probably about a year later he's still in prison, and the only way he said that he endured the suffering that he faced was that he would just meditate on what he had read in that three weeks with the Bible. He said he could just picture the words in his mind, and he would just reflect on just the sweet times that he had with the Bible, even when he was facing um, so much suffering. And so the righteous man, he is blessed when he thinks about God's word throughout the day and even through the night. And so what comes from delighting and meditating on God's word? Well, we're going to find that in verse 3. And it says, He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. And so one thing to know um, is that the nation of Israel is a predominantly dry nation. There isn't enough rain to make all the plants flourish in the nation. So for a tree to, to flourish in the nation of Israel, it's got to be planted near a, a river. And so by the river, its roots will grow really strong into the ground. It's, it'll uh, produce a lot of fruit. And like it says in this verse, uh, its leaf does not wither. And so that's the same for us. That's the same for the righteous man. When he's close to his source of life, he will, he will grow strong roots, and then he will produce much fruit, and its leaf does not wither. In John fifteen five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And so when the righteous man abides in Christ, he will see much fruit in his life in season. And so what kind of fruit do you think like he would, he would see in his life? Well, it's all listed out in Galatians 5, through 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And so in season, the righteous man will see love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the more and more we abide in Christ, the more and more we will see that fruit produced in our life. And so back, back to the, the story of Jacob DeShazer, when he was released from prison, uh, he went back to where he was from, I believe it was in California, and he went to seminary school. And so once he had graduated seminary school, he decided that he wanted to be a missionary to the people of Japan. And so he goes back to Japan, and on one of his like uh, trips to Japan, he met the guy that led the attack on Pearl Harbor uh, that was from Japan. And he actually had the opportunity to share Christ with him, and, and that guy actually accepted Christ. And so those two together uh, became partners, and they, they did uh, missionary work uh, in Japan. And over a 1,000 people with, with their work and just through God working through them, over a 1,000 people came to know Christ. And so that's what it looks like for the righteous man to be fruitful and to prosper in whatever he does when he delights and meditates on God's word, and he sticks close to his source of life. And so the righteous, they're blessed in what they don't do. They're blessed in what they do pursue. And finally, uh, there is fruit that is produced in season in their life. So now we're going to move on to the next guy. In contrast to the righteous man, we're going to look at the wicked in verse 4 and verse 5. And it says, The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And so we just learned that the righteous, you know, they're, they're as stable as a tree. They have continual life and nourishment. They are fruitful. Uh, they are alive, and they are prosperous. But this does not describe the wicked. The wicked can be seen on the outside as prosperous, but it's something that just won't stand for a long time or even eternally speaking. And so it says the wicked, they are like chaff. And what you got to know about chaff is chaff is the light shell that's wrapped around a kernel of grain. And then it's peeled off the kernel of grain so then that, that kernel could be grounded into flour. And so chaff is super small and super light. And it's so light that you can scoop it up with, you know, a, hand, a handful of chaff and then just basically like throw it up into the wind and it will be carried away. And so that's how stable or unstable the, the wicked are. They are easily carried away. They won't stand. They don't have the firm foundation or the strong roots as the righteous man does. In verse 5 it says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And so this is the dangerous uh, future of the wicked. They won't stand in the day of judgment. The, God, the ungodly, they have no weight. They are just like chaff. They, they have no substance. They are dead. The wicked do not share the same future as the righteous do. And so uh, I had two dogs um, as a kid. Uh, one was named Honey and one was named Abby. And anytime, you know, they got into the, the trash can and knocked it over, and, like, trash was, like, spilled all over the place. 
you know, you knew it was one of the dogs, but you didn't know which dog it was. And so I would just, you know, approach both dogs and kind of look and point at the trash, be like, you know, who did this? And then one of them would always just stand so confidently like this, like he, like she never did anything wrong. But then the other one would give it away super easily. She would shrink down like this and like have this super sad face. And so she won't be able to stand, I guess, before my judgment. You know, she, she's not, she, she knows that she is in the wrong. And so in Christ, we will stand confidently in the day of judgment while the other is like chaff. You know, they'll, they'll, they have no weight behind them. They'll, they're easily carried away. And so verse 6, it says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so the righteous man, he can have peace because God knows his way. God will protect him and he will lead him him and he will preserve him as well but the wicked the wicked way that they live it leads to destruction and in the end they will perish and so our life according to psalm 1 is on a path Uh, we can live on the path of blessing or we can live on the path that leads to uh, destruction but if we're being honest not every one of us is maybe living righteously as we speak. And maybe some of us are even having a hard time even wanting to live, you know, righteously. But Romans 3.10, it says, there is none righteous, not even one. And we all have lived unrighteously at one point in our lives, whether it's in the past or it's in the present or even in the future. We all have stories or we all have experiences where we have taking counsel of the wicked or stood in the path of sinners or we even have taken seat, uh, taken a seat with the scoffers. But Jesus is the one who lived 100% righteously and he is the one who makes us righteous before God on judgment day. And so Romans 3, 23 through 24, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And that word justified, to be justified, means to be innocent before God and to be forgiven of all your sins. And justified is also short for the, you know, the phrase, just as if I had never sinned. And so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we will be seen as righteous before him. And so to, to, to conclude, um, the final song on the album, of the Clint Black album, is called Live and Learn. And the song is basically just a story of personal experiences of a guy when he decided he was just going to live a worldly life or a wicked life, uh, according to what the scripture uh, is saying. And he states, I believe it's like the first line of the song, he states in the song, I tried living it risky, relied on women and whiskey. And he, he said, I've tried all that. I've lived this way. But what he says in the song is that he's living and learning through a lot right now. He's, take, he's learning a lot of hard lessons and he's, he's facing a lot of hard consequences um, in, in his uh, decisions that he is currently living. And so the whole album, like I said, a, the, a lot of the theme of the album, it, it talks a lot about depression, and it talks a lot about addiction and loneliness and isolation. And even he, he says in one of the songs, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Like he, he, he's, he's there, but he's not actually there. Uh, and so... I believe that's just kind of like one of the lessons that he's probably learning in this entire album. 
But in the song, he, or yeah, in the song, he warns the listener that our time here on earth is winding down. And he warns us to actually not wait until judgment day to find out that we've been living the wrong uh, way the entire time. And so that's the invitation that comes from Psalm 1, to choose the path of blessing. Because in Christ, we have stability, we have inner peace, and we have true satis- uh, satisfaction. And in Christ also, we will be fruitful for wherever he places us. A relationship with him is the blessed life that we can all enjoy. So I'm going to pray for us, and uh, everybody's going to come up. Lord Jesus, uh, we just thank you again uh, for today. Lord, we just thank you that in you we have life, and then in you we can continue to experience um, how great this life can be uh, when we just abide more in you. God, I just pray for all of us that we would just uh, draw closer to you. And Lord, I just pray that we would just experience great satisfaction and great happiness when we um, just follow you. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen.